Well, good morning to each of you. It's good to be with you this morning. I greet you in Jesus' name this morning. If you've noticed, our bench is a little bit empty this morning, and our family has been a little bit under the weather, um, particularly this morning. That's where our family is at, in case you were wondering. But it is good to, to be with you this morning to worship and appreciate the songs. Just thinking about that one song, Wonderful Words of Life, coming from Jesus, the life-giving words of Jesus. And the last couple messages I've had, uh, been looking through Luke chapter 6, and it's been called the Sermon on the Plain, a um, little mini version of the Sermon on the Mount that, that Matthew has. And I've had three messages so far from that. I have one more uh, message. I think I'll conclude that uh, series this morning here. But we've seen a glimpse of what Jesus is teaching his followers, thinking of those wonderful words of life. What is Jesus teaching? And we see some pretty hard teachings that he gives through Luke chapter 6. We looked at the Beatitudes, what is blessed and what is unfortunate, different value system that Jesus is laying out. We looked at the law of love, how Jesus' followers uh, are called to live by the law of love, and that includes those who don't deserve it. You know, loving those who love us, that's, that's normal. But loving your enemies, that's what Jesus calls us to, the law of love. And then the last message I had was on judging. Judge not. What does that mean to uh, judge not? We looked at that uh, focusing on your own heart before you zoom in on others. And the theme that I had in mind just looking through this chapter is the Lordship of Jesus. What does the Lordship of Jesus mean? Is Jesus Lord of our life? And is it just about saying the right things or is there something more? And really it comes to a head in our passage today that we're gonna look at finishing out this, this uh, section. When Jesus asked the question, he said, why do you call me Lord, but don't do the things that I say? And it doesn't add up. If you're going to say that Jesus is Lord, but you're not going to follow, uh, that, that doesn't line up. There's, there's a problem. So to truly live with Jesus as Lord means to follow through and, and to obey. So my goal in going through this, this section is to look at what Jesus is saying. And what does it mean to, to live with Jesus as Lord? What's he teaching us? I think it's in, in our broader Christian context, I think it's misunderstood sometimes. Um, it's not just about what we say, you know, that's important, but it's what we're doing. What are our actions saying about us? And kind of uh, comes out in our, our uh, text this morning, and I want to think about that theme again, the Lordship of Jesus, and um, thinking about what's inside our heart. And that's the title of the message this morning, What's Inside? And turn with me to Luke chapter 6, and I will start where we left off in, in verse 43. We'll read through the end of the chapter. And again, the context that we 
just went through is, is judging a brother and assuming to know what his heart looks like. And Jesus is saying, focus on your own heart uh, before you focus on others. So it's this passage, he's urging us to look at our own hearts. So let's read Luke chapter 6, verse 43. For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do, not, and do not the things that I say? Whosoever cometh to me, and heareth my sayings, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house, and digged deep, and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth, and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built an house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. This is the conclusion of his sermon here, and really he gives two worded pictures uh, in, in this section. First of all, we have the analogy of a tree a comparison of people to, to trees and, and also an illustration of two builders and what they represent. So let's look at what he says about trees. He uses a picture from real life that we can all connect with. I mean, we understand how this works. Lesson from the trees. A good tree yields good fruit. Look at verse 43. A good tree doesn't bring forth corrupt fruit. And a corrupt tree doesn't bring forth good fruit. So, thinking about this corrupt tree or a bad tree, is he talking about, you know, just an unhealthy tree, like an apple tree would produce apples, but if it's a bad apple tree, it's, you know, it's really small and most of them are rotten. I think if you look at verse 44, you can see what he's getting at. He talks about a thorn, thorn, thorn bush and a bramble bush. So I, I would say, He's talking about something that is just totally, um, from, from its nature, uh, corrupt or, or bad. So thinking of a thorn bush. And in verse 44, again, we see another very basic statement. It's easy for us to understand. A tree is known by its fruit. Every tree is known by its fruit. And we understand how an apple tree produces apples and uh, doesn't, it's not going to produce oranges. And it's easy to understand when you want to find out what kind of tree you have in your backyard, you look at what it produces, and you can identify the tree. I'm not the best at determining tree types. Some people are really good at that. You know, right what kind of tree different trees are. But what they tell you to look for is look at the leaves. And each tree species has a different leaf shape and structure and you look at the leaves and you can a lot of times figure out what kind of tree it is. It's not fruit like we 
think of most times, but it's something that the tree produces. It's, it's part of its nature. And uh, yeah, the reason it produces that is because that's what's inside. It, it's uh, part of the nature of the tree. It's going to come out. And then we understand that science. Um, there's other things you can look at to identify trees. But I think the main point that Jesus was looking at here is that you can identify a tree by what it produces. <clears throat> good tree is good fruit, something that's desirable. And a bad tree is, is a bad fruit, a, a bramble bush. You're not going to get anything good off of a bramble bush. So he then goes on to draw a parallel between the trees, this, this truth about trees, and us as people. And this is where we start looking at our own lives. Verse 45, um, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. So Jesus gave this illustration to show us, to, to help us understand ourselves. And the things that we produce are based on our identity, on what's inside, because what's inside is going to come out. There's an illustration that I heard, um, very basic uh, word picture, um, said if you squeeze an orange, what's going to come out? And we all know, you know, you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice out. And why? Why do you get orange juice out? And it's, it's obvious because that's what's inside. You squeeze it, what's inside is going to come out. And then this, this comparison is extended to us as people. When life squeezes us, what comes out? Did life ever squeeze you? And we face moments like that, whatever it might be, stressful moments, situations, maybe a confrontation or, or a provocation. Something just provokes you and raising a family, having children, you encounter that, provoking. What comes out in those moments? And a lot of times we want to cover up things that we, we don't like. We're embarrassed of it, maybe. We don't want other people to see it. We don't want to be known as that kind of person. Sometimes we, we talk about wearing masks. We cover up what's, what's inside. And... Uh, there was a reflection that I found from C.S. Lewis. <clears throat> he was talking about just, just reflecting on his own life. And I think it was custom at, at one point in his life to just think back over the day. At, at the end of the day, just think back over the day and just see where he came short, where he, he failed, and what he could do to improve. And thinking about this and, and noticing that most of the times that he failed, there was a quick provocation and some, something happened suddenly that he slipped and uh, he didn't act the way that he wanted to. And he likened it to rats in a cellar. And the cellar is the dark area down inside um, and you go down quietly and you quickly turn on the lights you're going to see the rats and they're going to you're probably going to see them quickly scurrying away whereas if you would you know make some noise coming down and give some warning then you turn on the lights they're going to have enough of a warning to 
to hide themselves. Uh, but turning on the lights doesn't create the rats because they're already there. It's just the suddenness that they don't have enough time to get away. And you know, for us, the quick provocation doesn't cause what comes out, uh, but rather it's, uh, it's, it's already there. And uh, you know, when we're, when we're squeezed like that, just like that orange. And I had to think, maybe we don't like what's inside. That, that moment comes, that stressful moment or the provocation and the lights turn on quickly and, and we see what comes out and, and we don't like it. What do we do? And I think if we're honest, we've all been there at some point. And I don't want to make it sound like we have to be perfect. And if we have those weak moments where we fail, then uh, we have that evil heart that, that Jesus talks about. Um, I'm not trying to say that. I think we're all on a journey of becoming more like Jesus and we grow towards that goal. The couple verses that came to my mind, thinking about this, this uh, idea, 2 Corinthians 3.18, says, but we all with open face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. So Paul's talking about a transformation that's happening. We're on a journey, we're growing, we're being transformed. And Philippians 3, 12 and, and 14, Paul says, not as though I have already attained, either we're already perfect, but I follow after. Then in verse 14, he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So even Paul admitted that he wasn't perfect, but he was pressing toward the goal. And for us as well, it's a journey of pressing towards the mark and being transformed into the image of Jesus. I think it's connected as well to the previous verses on judging. You know, don't be so quick to judge others. Jesus is saying there's plenty in your own life to take care of what's inside our hearts. And if we find ourselves in that place where we realize there's something we want to cover up, there's, there's something we don't like, whether it's a secret that we have or something quick provocation that, that comes up, stressful moment, you know, we need to take it to Jesus. And when we take it to Jesus, that's when true change can happen. That's when the transformation begins, when we empty ourselves at Jesus' feet. There's different songs that I thought of as I was thinking about this. Um, first of all, Psalm 51 and David's Psalm of Repentance, you know, the, the moment that something came out of his life where he was probably shocked that, that, that came out. And, and you see his cry of repentance demonstrating a heart of openness before God. And there's other songs that we sing. The song, Search Me, O God, and Know My Heart Today. See if there be some wicked way in me. Grant me that cleansing within. It is a prayer for God to work in our lives, to search out 
what might be in there to cleanse. There's songs of aspiration. Oh, to be like thee, blessed redeemer, full of compassion, loving and kind. Or the song, more holiness give me. And we can sing these songs as prayers. Just a longing to grow closer to that goal of being more like Jesus. Sing them as a prayer and invite the Spirit to work in our lives to, end, to, to the end of sanctification. <clears throat> the last phrase <clears throat> of verse 45, thinking of our words, he says, For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. So there again, our words come from our heart. And, and we can see how that, how that is. And we might ask the question, does this mean that whatever a person says, that's where their heart is at? And I think Jesus answers this question with the next illustration that he gives. Moving on to this next word picture that he gives here, we see the potential for empty words. And he goes into this story about two builders, two different people building a house. But right before that, he says, he he asks this question, why do you call me Lord, but don't do what I say? And it helps if we know what the word Lord means. It's not a word that we use a lot today. Probably a lot of the time we use it, we're talking about Jesus. But but the word Lord, it's a title, and it's used to denote rank. So a Lord is one who has authority over others, uh, control. And if you have a Lord, then you are in the place of submission to that person. Somebody has authority over you. So Jesus is saying that there are people who call him Lord. So with their words, they're acknowledging that Jesus has authority. But then they don't obey. Their, their actions don't line up with their words. And it shows empty words. These people are just saying nice things, good things, and sounds right, but they don't really mean it. It's insincere. And we probably know what that's like. We've probably had an encounters with something similar ourselves. We live in a world where it seems that words just don't really mean that much anymore. You're communicating with somebody, and I know for me it's been selling stuff on Facebook Marketplace. You interact with people, and you agree to something, and then they never show up, or they just stop replying. You thought you had an agreement, and, and they're gone. And uh, you work with people, you, you run into stuff like that, and it's frustrating. Why were you telling me that if you know you're not going to follow through? And uh, I think that's what Jesus was getting at here. The frustration of why are you saying this if you're not really serious? If you want to show you're serious about something, you follow through. And you live up to your word. Don't be guilty of empty words. So he gives this picture of, of two builders... And the only difference that's given between these two builders is uh, the, the foundation, what they do with the foundation. So you look at the first builder, verse 48, 
like a man which built a house, he digged deep, laid the foundation on a rock. So he's, he's uh, digging a foundation. I don't know if he dug it by hand, but I'm sure he went to extra work to get this foundation right. And uh, they made sure the, the foundation was solid. And we would say that's, that's a good idea. You know, nowadays you wouldn't think of building a house without a good foundation. Then you look at this other builder in verse 49, and he didn't do that. It says he built right over the earth without a foundation, right on, right on top of the dirt. And there's no foundation. So I'd like to imagine a little bit about these builders. So I would imagine that the foolish builder, the one who skipped the foundation, probably built his house a little quicker. I think we can imagine that. It's a little easier if you don't have to go to the work of, of digging a foundation. You're not digging deep. And I'd also imagine that the house probably looked good from the outside, but he missed one essential thing. That's the, the foundation. And when the storm came, he talks about the, the storm coming, the stream beating vehemently on the house, and uh, we, we can see what happened. The one with the foundation weathered the storm, stayed strong, but the other one didn't. It says it was a, a great ruin. So the obvious takeaway is that we, we want a foundation, right? Uh, take the time to get the right foundation. And Jesus is likening this foundation to what we do with his teachings. And these, these two builders are compared with, with two different kinds of people. So they're, there's, uh, they're the same. These two people are the same in that they both heard what Jesus said. They both heard, heard his teachings. Here's, here's his sayings, but they're different in that the one followed through as uh, doing them, so following through, committing, and the other one didn't. The one was digging a solid foundation by following through, and the, and the other one didn't. He might have had it a little bit easier at first, but it didn't last. And I had to think of what James says. He talks about uh, a person looking in a mirror, seeing, seeing what they look like, and then just turning away, looking in, in, the, in the Word, in the Word of God, seeing the, the reality about themselves, and then they just turn away and, and forget. Uh, but the one who makes appropriate changes is the one who is wise. And to me, as I read this, the most sobering part to me is that there will be some people who think they're okay, but they're really not. And you look at the account in, in Matthew. Matthew gives the same story. I'd like to read his, his account of, of this story. He gives a couple more details. Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. It's very sobering words. I never knew you. 
And they, they had this, this testimony. We, we did all these things. We called you Lord. We prophesied. It brings out the importance of obeying, of doing. And it's hard sometimes. The way of Jesus seems totally backwards to us at times. We can see that as we look through Luke chapter 6, this chapter here, and other teachings of Jesus as well. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense. But are we following through? That's what it takes to have a good foundation. And I wonder as well, what do we do with this testimony that these, these people had? The many wonderful works and the prophecies and the casting out of devils. And, and I'll be honest, I'm not completely sure what, what that looks like. But the way it's written, um, it is clearly empty works. They were insincere. They're not done through obedience to Jesus. Just like we can have empty words, we can have empty works as well. And I do know that you can go on YouTube and you can find people doing parlor tricks in the name of Jesus. Simple tricks that uh, sleight of hand, leg lengthening, different, different tricks that people do in the name of Jesus. And it brings a shame on the name of Jesus. Empty words and empty works. Both of these are a deceitful covering up of what's truly inside. So let's not be guilty of either one of these. Empty words or works. We can call Jesus Lord and Master all we want, but if we aren't obeying, there's no difference between us and someone who denies Jesus as Lord. So as we think about this question of what's inside, we know there are some people who are really good at covering up what's inside. They have these empty works, empty words. But even if you can hide what's inside from others for a time, ultimately it's going to be revealed. Whatever that squeeze comes or, you know, thinking of the, the final end, ultimately God will judge and it's going to be revealed. What's your foundation? Is it something that's going to weather the storms of life? And thinking about the storms, what are the storms? You know, Jesus doesn't connect them with anything in particular. He says when the, when the storm comes, and the way I see it, it's the hardships and trials that we face in life. And each one of us will face those in different ways at some point. So what is it that weathers the storm and the hardships of life? It's a life that's characterized by obedience to Jesus. That's what really lasts. Might mean harder work at first, digging that foundation. It's not the easy way, but it's the safe way. So what are we building on? The proof is in what we do. What's inside will come out. So what's inside our heart? What's inside will come out. Even if we try to hide it, we might hide it for a time. But the squeezes of life and the storms of life are going to reveal what's inside. 
And these two word pictures that, that Jesus gives can help us understand the trees, these builders, a reminder to evaluate our life and to think about what is coming out. What is the fruit of my life? That's where my heart is. And it's a reminder to obey as well, to follow through. Otherwise, it's empty words. So again, we're all on that journey of sanctification and pursuing that goal. And may God give us the wisdom and the grace that we need to pursue that goal. Because you know, the analogy that Jesus gives of the trees isn't a perfect one because trees can't change what they are. A tree is what it is. But we can change. Our hearts can change when we surrender to God's will and accept his salvation and the Spirit's work of sanctification. He can change our heart and really he changes our lives from the inside out. So I'd like to close with a familiar verse from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. So guard your heart, pay close attention to what's inside. That's where we operate from. The issues of life spring forth from that. So we need to be sure our heart is in the right place and that's surrendered to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this privilege that we have to gather and to study your word, the wonderful words of life that we have. And we recognize that it's hard sometimes to understand, but I pray that you would give us the strength and the grace that we need to surrender to your word, to follow through with obedience. Help us not to be guilty of those empty words, of those empty works, but to follow through with obedience. I pray for each one here. Give us the strength that we need so we go about the week ahead. Would you guide us and keep us in your will? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we all stand and leave a few, lead a closing song?